Good morning, church. It is good to have you today as we continue studying God's Word together. Today we are in the next chapter, chapter 2 of the book of Acts. A lot of things that, you know, I thought we'll do this chapter in one service, but it's quite impossible. But nonetheless, we shall uh, read through and see where we will get to, and the Lord will bless us all. Let's ask for God's blessing before we read his word. Lord, we thank you again for the privilege. We thank you that you are here with us. We pray that you'd give us understanding and the right application of your word as it comes to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we go through this book, stories are unfolding of the promises that were uh, spoken by our Lord Jesus Christ. And many things that are happening is that the scripture is becoming so alive. The scripture is becoming alive. Why so? Because the prophecies and the laws and the things that were written in the days before this day, they are coming to pass. So what we are going to discuss this morning is the reception of the Holy Spirit. The disciples are receiving the Holy Spirit this morning in the beginning of this chapter. It says here in uh, verses 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Honestly, we can talk about this one chapter for the, for the rest of the service because of the reference that we would try to get for us to understand the reason why it is important that he mentions the Pentecost day. And what does it really mean for every one of us today? If we go back to um, Leviticus, hold your hand there, and I will go back and read it for us. There's a lot of things that the Lord spoke. First, from uh, chapter 23, the Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feast of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be my holy convocation, these are my feasts. So the Lord is instituting things here, 
And as you, you know, you have your own time and read Leviticus 23 and the rest of the book, you realize there are three feasts that um, are going to be mentioned here. And all these three, they would point to somewhere. The first one is the Passover, and the second one is the, the fast fruit, and then the third one is the Feast of the Harvest. And why is it important for us to refer to these feasts? Pentecost is, you know, our new language or our New Testament understanding of the word feasts or the institution that was given by God. We all know the Passover feast, right? When God said to the children of Israel that this is what you are to do. Find a, um, a lamb, a male lamb that has no blemish because I'm about to do something that the rest of the people who will not listen to me will cry about. And you think about it, this very same day when God is telling Moses that the children of Israel to do this, there is death that comes. This death comes to the people who are not God's people. He say, all the firstborn, or the, the firstborns of the humans, the firstborns of the animals. So in other words, in every house, there is blood that is shed. There is weeping because when the angel will come, he will kill all the firstborns of these people, of the Egyptians. And what does God say? You will put the blood on the post so that when I come, I will pass you over because of the blood that is on this post in the tree of your house. Already we can figure out that basically he was talking about something that we see. That the Lamb of God was hung on the tree. That whoever abides in him, this death will not come upon them. It will pass over them and they will have life. This feast was to point to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. The angel would pass over and bring death. The same time he's bringing death is the very same time he's always also bringing life to those who slaughtered the lamb. Think about it. It was the day of Pentecost when it was fully come in which there seems to be a reference also in Leviticus 23.15. says, And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering. Seven Sabbaths shall be complete. 
The day after this, then you count seven Sabbaths. What is a Sabbath? Basically seven days, right? What is seven times seven? 49, right? So a day after that makes how many days? It makes 50 days, right? It's not complicated to understand what the Lord is trying to cause us to see. That when Jesus, right after his resurrection, and let me just read us again, um, Leviticus here, 23 verses 9. And the Lord spoke to Moses and saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruit of your harvest to the priest. The feast of the first fruit. This is very significant to the believers and to the New Testament church because we see in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ when he was taken to the tomb and he rose the third day. He rose on the day when the children of Israel would bring the harvest or the first fruit to the priest. And it is a day that we celebrate as believers as the day of the resurrection. When Jesus, who is the first fruit of all other fruit that would come into the kingdom, that is us, would celebrate the third day on a Sunday morning the day of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus, or God, commanded the children of Israel to do so. When? On this very specific day. To bring the first fruit. You shall count Seven Sabbaths from the day of the offering of the first fruit. So from that day, you count seven Sabbaths. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he taught them the word for how many days? For 40 days. 40 days. He was there teaching them and expounding the word to them. Day after day, from Moses to the prophets and everything that was written about him. So when these men and women are gathered in the upper room to pray, they are in a way praying with understanding of what has been revealed to them. Jesus said to them that not after many days, the Spirit of God will come upon you. 
This was not very specific to them. You think about it, they're going back to Jerusalem. 40 days are over, Jesus is taken away from them. And they're thinking, Jesus said to us that not after many days, he will send the Holy Spirit. And so this first day, they are here praying with great anticipation of the Holy Spirit. And they are praying and saying, God, we are here. We are here for you. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Our hearts are ready. And day one passes by, and I don't know what is going on in their minds. Maybe they are saying there's a significance on the third day. Maybe when we wait the third day, as he rose from the dead, something great is going to happen. And know what? They are praying honestly and with great expectation. And you know what? The third day, nothing happens that is noted from the scripture, but for sure, their hearts are really yearning for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They didn't see it happen the third day. And you know, after maybe the fourth day, the fifth day, they're thinking to themselves, you know, Yes, we are waiting, but for how long? How much longer? At this point, I'm pretty sure they're not thinking of the seven days, you know, seven Sabbaths, a day after the seven Sabbaths. They're not counting these days. Because if they were counting, they could have noted in the scriptures that they were waiting for that day. But we see, even with the um, people who are gathered in Jerusalem, they are waiting for that day, the day of Pentecost. They are counting. That is why they came to Jerusalem, but they do not know what is going to happen. They don't know. But they were in one accord. They are waiting. As the scripture tells us, when the day of Pentecost, when these 50 days were fully come. Maybe for the adults, we we don't pay much attention to Christmas nowadays, right? But kids do. It's December, and they begin to think about, you know, the gifts, the, the, the clothes, the, the, the hanging out and going to Rupa Mall and all these places because it's Christmas. They are anticipating that day, but it's not yet fully come, but it's Christmas. It's December. But then when the day is fully come, there's a lot of expectation. We're going to eat some special meals. We're going to hang out with friends. We're going to go to these places because the day has fully come. 
when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in, all with one accord, in one place. They were in one place. What is the significance of this? In order for God to move mightily in our lives, there has to be the unity of purpose. If there's no unity, that there's division, I'm thinking in this 10 days before the Holy Spirit is poured upon them, maybe those who had, you know, had feelings towards other people, maybe those who were, they, they were without understanding of some things, maybe the Lord was working in their heart in these few days. Some things are happening, maybe they're repenting of some sins, maybe they're, you know, just a lot of things are happening that we don't have the details of. But what we know is that they were in one place, in one accord. Their belief in Christ, their knowledge of Christ is growing and growing and growing. And what we believe about God should control how we behave with other people. So the things that Jesus taught them and they're growing in this knowledge is causing them to believe courteously towards these other people. They are 120 of them in one room. And we would see a few aspects of unity, maybe that happened as they were waiting. The number one, the response to the exhortation that was necessary to the unity of all of them. As they gathered together, they responded to the exhortation that was necessary to the unity of all of them. And then they reflected on the elements that are necessary for the unity. And then also, they reinforced the efforts that were necessary for the unity. And also, they realized the essentials that were necessary for the unity. And lastly, they received the enablement that's necessary for the unity. This is all through the word of God that was spoken to them. What we believe about God should control how we behave with other people. And that will bring about great sense of unity. They were in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Not a few things here. Number one, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. So they heard a sound. 
This is not to say, you know, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they're like, man, things were flipping and, you know, their, their laces were flying all over the place because there was a mighty rushing wind. There was not a mighty rushing wind. The Bible says a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Sound. I mean, we, we, can, we can replicate that sound. You know, I can talk to Preston and we can replicate the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And we can play it for everyone here. Would that mean that there was wind blowing in the room? No. They heard it. And when they heard the sound, what was their posture? They were seated. <laughs> they were seated in the presence of God. You know, sometimes... As worship leaders, we can sometimes make people very uncomfortable and tell people, now if you have legs, stand up. <laughs> we want to worship the King of Kings. If you have hands, raise them up. <laughs> How do you think they got here? <laughs> How do you think people are here? You know, give people a break. People can worship while lying down. People can worship the Lord while seated down. People can worship the Lord while raising their hands. It doesn't matter. These people were waiting on the Lord while they were seated. Amen. Worshipped him. <laughs> and suddenly there came sound from heaven. Well, this, this was peculiar because this sound did not just come from anywhere. It came from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were seated. So this wind, it was very peculiar that this room where they were seated, it is the only room that this sound was present not the other places, maybe the temple and every other room that people were lodging in this place in Jerusalem. It was specifically in this room. And I would imagine what they felt that very moment when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Listen to what verses 3 says. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Again it says as of fire. There was no literal fire. Because if it were, all their hairs were burnt, all their whatever in their head. They're like, it is a smoky service. <laughs> their heads are smoking hot. No, that is not what is happening. Tongues. Divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. 
Literally, this is what we think. It sat over their heads, because that is the only way we can explain it, not on their shoulders, on their bellies, on, <laughs> you know. But it rested upon each one of them. Can you try to visualize what is happening in this room? They're just having fellowship like normal days, praying to God. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit. And then the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Sometimes when it's about to rain and we, we see, you know, the, the, the clouds are dark, Sometimes the thunderstorms, we get scared, right? Sometimes it's very scary. You hear things blowing out there. It's coming from the sky, but it goes through your heart. <laughs> You're like, wow. People are studying, you know, I don't know what used to happen a long time ago. You, you hear these thunderstorms and people are tying some red ribbons outside. I don't know, to scare the, <laughs> the storm to go away. <laughs> we, we, we get scared. I don't know if they were scared at this point that they had a very loud sound in the room. And then on top of that, they see images, <laughs> images of fire resting on everyone. Just try to think about it. If that would be seen in this church today, do you know how many names they will call us? <laughs> do you know what will happen? People are very superstitious. But just God made it to happen in, in a, a, a very secluded place, this room. The Spirit of God came upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Trust me, we'll not go and speak about the tongues today. It's a whole subject. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit of God gave them utterance. So what is happening is because of their waiting... Because of what their commitment to wait upon the Lord, now we see the fulfillment of what was, was said in verses 8, chapter 1. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. They did know that these few days that Jesus talked about was only 10 days. But trust me, 10 days can be a long time when you don't know the exact time, when it is indefinite. It can be a long time. The 
but it was fulfilled in the 50th day, the day of Pentecost. We have interchanged the meaning of Pentecost throughout the um, centuries so that, you know, we, we only consider other churches to be Pentecostal and others are never Pentecostal. That is not what it means here when it says they were together on when this day was fully come, the day that was spoken of. Imagine this day was spoken of when God gave Moses this day. And actually the um, they say that this is the exact day when Moses received the law, the commandment. The 50 days after the Sabbath, a day after. The exact same day when Moses was given the law. It is the exact day when we see the inauguration of the New Testament church. God does not make mistakes. Everything he does is on point and it is very significant. I only pray that you be sensitive when you read your Bible, you're going through the scriptures. Always ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand. To help you understand. This became the very first day they were given things to govern them, the Lord to govern the children of Israel. It is the same day we are receiving the outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that it is not said as the Old Testament that the whole the Spirit of God came upon them and they prophesied. This is now the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what Jesus said? That it is better for me to go. You think about it that... Why is it important that Jesus would say it is important for him to go so that he will leave his Holy Spirit to be present with us every day? For us, it would be like, I want to walk physically with Jesus. I want to be with him. But then, the, the physical presence of Jesus Christ in terms of taking the gospel out would be very limited. He's one man, and do you know the significance, as we'll go through it uh, probably next Sunday, that it is very significant that every tribe and language, they gathered in Jerusalem, and they would experience this day, they will experience the gospel, and they will take it back to their homes, and we'll see the uttermost being fulfilled as they go back to their hometowns. They're going back with their gospel because many of them will get born again. As I bring the worship team to come, think about the fulfillment of all the, the, the picture 
of the resurrection, the day after the Sabbath, the day after the resurrection, then you count it. Seven Sabbaths, 49, plus that one day, 50 days. It's all fulfilled. God is all about fulfilling his word. It is very interesting what we will get into next week as we see the Apostle Peter referring to the prophecies that were made uh, with the prophet Joel and see how it just merges and gets right into the church. But what we see today is the gift of the Spirit is received. Pentecost, according to the Jewish writing, it was the day when Moses was given the law. Pentecost for us is when we did receive the Holy Spirit. When the early church received the Holy Spirit. And the church era began. And the church age began. The inauguration of the church. The beginning of it. We are still exalted to be in unity. For there the Lord commands a blessing, as he says in the book of Psalms. If you dwell together in unity, there the Lord would command a blessing. This is what I want us to think about. Because I know the process of waiting is never easy for anyone. Whether it's waiting for one day, two days, five days, ten days, the process of waiting is never easy. But do you know what can make the waiting bearable? Is when you are at the service of the Most High King. We know that He is going to come back. One day, we don't know when, we know he's going to come. But what he's going to keep our hearts focused on the waiting is what we do right now. I don't know what to do. And serving does not mean, you know, coming and serving in church. It means serving at your workplace, serving at your home, how you serve your clients, where you're employed, how you serve people who come, how you relate with them. Do you take advantage of people? What do you do? Because if you do it with the mind of a servant who is serving Jesus Christ, then you won't be waiting for your boss to always give you approval every time. Serve as unto the Lord. Whatever your hand finds it to do, do it as unto the Lord. You're sweeping, you're mopping, you're wiping chairs, do it as unto the Lord. You're cooking, do 
as unto the Lord. You're a lawyer, you're a mechanic, whatever you are, do it as unto the Lord. We see this period, the ten, the ten days when they were waiting. Nothing significant is recorded on the pages of the Bible. But there are a lot of things that were happening in this time. God was still working on their hearts. And maybe you might be waiting for, you know, the, 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 the tongues of fire on your head. They probably will not come. But God will do something in your heart that will make you realize that he is with you, that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? He's our firm foundation. If everything you do is not founded on Christ, rethink your decision. If it's founded on Christ, you are on the right path. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the privilege that you did give to us to listen to your word. How I pray as the early church and the disciples were diligently waiting on you. We pray, oh God, that you will meet us here, even today, even right now. I know we all need you, God, and I pray that as we continue to think about your word, that your spirit will walk in us. And even as we serve you this morning with our fruit, the fruit of our world, the Lord, you'll be honored through them as we give our finances. In Jesus' name, amen.